welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth. And today we're in studio to continue our conversation and exploration on how to work with the mind and its true nature, which is luminous. And how to, as we do that, release patterns mentally, emotionally, physically, even spiritually that are no longer serving us. For the last few Thursday episodes, we have explored that higher mind and the qualities it can have and how to tap into that a bit. And I want to just take a moment here in today's exploration of inviting us into, I think, one of the most potent potent tools within the human experience is the uh, ability to observe and do self-study. And so when we find, and when I find myself in a pattern that's repeating, if I can slow myself down, become conscious and curious and start to ask the question of why, why am I having that reaction? Why am I um, stirred and strongly one direction or the other? And try to become more conscious of what's happening to start to choose a different path. If that path is leading me into suffering, how do I pause, become more neutral, gather the data over the drama and look at it from a different perspective, an invitation to get more skillful, And I don't do this perfectly. So this is a lifelong practice, but it is a practice that has supported me getting freer, becoming more sovereign and more authentic, um, becoming more vulnerable instead of reactive and reacting from insecurities. Because when I'm in an insecure space and reactive, I will cause probably more of a ripple and have more cleanup versus if I am in a state of curiosity, compassion for myself, wanting to understand myself better and slowing down to do that, I tend to act more skillfully and have less of a cleanup. And I would say that's true for most people, but you'll have to let me know if that resonates. And so one of the um, ingredients that we have on this human experience is this invitation for self-study. And to become conscious and slow down and look at ourselves through a lens of self-compassion and self-love and self-study, because sometimes when we are starting to witness ourselves um, and, and realize that we're more than our personality, more than the ego, we need the ego to be alive and have a human experience. We need that I am maker to be alive and have a human experience. We just want the ego, the I am maker of that experience to be in greater alignment with our higher mind, our higher self, that place of wisdom and discernment. And oftentimes if our personality or ego is running the show, we'll end up in situations that we have to continually learn from. If we can tap into our higher mind, that place of discernment and wisdom and love and gives us insight and answers and observation and a way to observe and self-study ourselves, 
we tend to start to create new pathways and not repeat past patterns, which supports us healing past karma that is influencing our present moment. Um, I have uh, Sharon, who's often on the show with us, has a saying that she um, heard someplace, but says all the time, this is happening for you. So if we start to look at our life as this is happening for us to get more free and more skillful, it brings a different element into our experiences, our day-to-day -day experiences, our lifetime experience. And we can start to see that we get opportunities to transform or repeat patterns until we learn them and are ready to transform them. So with that in mind, and with the subject of the mind at the heart of our conversation today, I'm just gonna review briefly those four parts of the mind. And one of the books that I adore and love is written by a colleague and friend and um, teacher uh, that I've learned a lot from is Indu Aurora's Yoga, Ancient Heritage, Tomorrow's Vision. So um, if you are interested in yoga or yoga and Ayurveda um, or yoga and Ayurveda, uh, you can pick that up and it's a, it's a great resource. Uh, however, those four parts of the mind or internal instruments of the mind, we have our kind of sensory reactive mind. So our senses see things and depending how they're conditioned, colored by past experiences, by our ancestry, by our beliefs, by our emotions and our traumas and our karmas, it will inform how we react. So our senses, our reactive mind takes in information and then our um, organs of action, like how we make imprints in the world through our hands, our speech, our feet, how we move in the world, all of that will be informed on how we react, right? And if we don't interrupt that sensory motor loop, um, we can be reacting constantly to stimulus triggers, uh, past traumas from other lifetimes or current lifetime and reacting in an unconscious way or a reactionary way that may create more troubles than maybe we want. Um, the other instrument of the mind, so there are four instruments. There's the senses or the manas, as we call it in yoga, M-A-N-A-S. The other instrument is chitta. Um, and that has all our experiences, positive, negative experiences, right? Um, that if you think of the chitta as like an ocean of the conscious and subconscious experiences of your lifetimes, you can think of the positive and negatives as just like eddies and waves in that ocean. And if the ocean without the chitta or without the positive and negative experiences, if those get neutralized, the ocean can be calm, reflective of the light that is the mind. So the chitta holds all, C-H-I-T-T-A, holds all our likes and dislikes, holds all our stirrings, right? And eventually, if we become more aware of our likes and our dislikes and how they're running us, 
we can start to neutralize those so that when we see them, we can observe them, notice them and make a more conscious choice and not just reacting from an unconscious stirring or um, reactionary state. So it tends to be in the chitta, primarily the subconscious and unconscious mind, but we, if we're in a state of self-study, can start to look at the chitta, the positive and negative experiences of our current life and other lifetimes, and start to become more curious and conscious of them so that they aren't running us from lifetime to lifetime, or even in this lifetime. The third instrument of the mind is the booty, which we talked about, that higher mind, the intellect. It brings discernment. It connects us to our higher self, which is that place that never dies, that goes from lifetime to lifetime, that is pure consciousness, that can see the whole mosaic of our soul. And so the booty helps connect us to the higher mind, or, you know, the booty is the higher mind and helps connect us to our higher self, that that light of consciousness that is beyond our physical incarnation, but helps us incarnate and is that the body and the spirit, right? And so the booty, that third in internal instrument of the mind, you know, brings in logic, discernment, intuition, decision-making, reason and recall, and willpower. And it often, um, if we aren't tapping into it, if we're stuck in our personality, stuck in um, this next instrument, which is called the I am maker or self-identity or ahamkara, um, it can cause us to act more from our personality if we're not consciously connecting to our booty or our higher mind. And we talked about the five states of that higher mind, which can, you know, be disturbed, it can be heavy and inert, it can be confused with moments of clarity and confusion, it can be one-pointed, or it can be complete transcendence from all the positive and negative experiences and really be connected to that higher self. And we experienced last week how to go from scattered to a gathered mind um, through meditation. And I will say that one of the th ways that we can start to break this kind of repetitive cycle of the mind being stirred by past conditions and not its true luminous nature is by becoming more skillful in our thoughts, our emotions, speech, and how we act in the world. So there is a cycle time there that we also have explored in previous shows that you may want to refer back to. And the more we are open to being in connection with truth and love and kindness, and even when it's uncomfortable, able to kind of stay in that stream, the easier it is for us to navigate challenging times that might trigger or stir us into an old reactionary pattern. So one of the things that's been supportive for my own journey and um, is learning that when I have a strong reaction, let's say I really dislike something that's happening, 
it's too far of a swing to try to love what's happening, like to understand that what's happening is maybe for me. But if I can learn to neutralize that reaction, so instead of having such a dislike for it, I can heal it into a more neutral state, it leaves less of an imprint. It's sort of like the water drop on a lotus leaf, flower, petal. And so I thought we could have just a short experience of a meditation that allows us to start to become conscious of those things that we maybe really like or dislike and practice expanding our ability to witness it. So if that sounds okay to you, I'll invite you to just get comfortable where you're seated. And if you need to make any adjustments to the body, go ahead and make a few adjustments to your body, allowing the head, neck, and spine to come in alignment, taking any movement patterns you may need. And as you come into your seated position, Consciously invite that connection to your higher mind to be clear, calm, and focused. And invite the higher mind's connection to come in and support your meditation. Sensing and feeling the connection to the higher mind, connecting to that higher self, that place of wisdom that knows all the answers and gives it to you as you need it, not before. Inviting the mind that may be scattered to be cleansed and purified to its luminous nature as it comes in to take a seat within the body. Sensing and feeling the consciousness taking a seat within the shape the body is occupying. Becoming aware of the breath as it flows through the luminous mind. Noticing its qualities, if it's rough, dry, noisy, and inviting the inhalation and the exhalation to move in and down on your inhale. And up and out on the exhale. And then smoothing the breath that is a reflection of the state of the mind into a more smooth, even state. Give yourself the invitation to inhale to the count of four and exhale to the count of four for the next three breaths.
As you witness this four to four inhalation and exhalation, notice what happens to the quality of your breath. If it becomes more subtle, even, quiet and continuous. And notice what may be happening within the mind. If it's becoming more smooth and even, And then invite the higher self to pinpoint something that has disturbed you. Maybe it's a like or a dislike. Both can cause a reaction. But something that you want to work with. Becoming aware of that wave of reaction. With each inhalation, bringing healing energy, light or color into your system with the count of four and the intention to heal that reaction. And as you exhale to the count of four, it's dematerializing and dissolving the reaction to neutral. Observe this for the next three breaths, inhaling the healing pranic energies needed to dematerialize the reactionary state of any thought, emotion, or action that is ready to heal that you want to work with that has caused a charge, a positive or negative charge in your system. And as you exhale, you can see it dissolving, dematerializing and neutralizing. As you do this practice, sense and feel what is shifting within you, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Notice if the state of mind is becoming more pristine, like its luminous nature, if the ocean of thoughts is becoming more still. And continue that four is to four breath for as long as needed. To release the reactionary hold and sense and feel a more neutral, peaceful presence. And you can stay in this practice for as long as needed or return to it in your own time. This is something you can do anywhere you find yourself within your life. 
at work, at a sporting event, at a meeting with family, wherever you may find yourself when you need to neutralize and become conscious and curious. Slowing down, simply doing an intake of four with healing light to dematerialize the charge and an exhale of four to release it. Becoming aware of the mind as it's seated within your nature. Becoming aware of the body, holding the mind and the breath threading through the mind and the body, subtle and smooth, even and quiet. And the neutral presence of peace radiating throughout you as you've released the charge that your higher self and higher mind have pinpointed. And taking a moment to give gratitude for your practice. If it supports you, you can rub your hands together and massage the face, the eyes, the ears, the throat center, resting them on the heart and surrendering and releasing the practice with the earth as witness and rising your bright self as a divine being having a human experience. Like one of my colleagues loves to say, Maureen Higgins. And with this, I offer you a peaceful, less charged day with greater skill and ease so that you can manifest your life optimally as you awaken to your light within. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, and may this support you living well today.